God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I'm joined by Leonor Cravota. Hello, Leonor. Good morning, Scott. You're going to be with us every day this week, it seems like. I think so. Yeah, because it's a busy and important week. And, uh, you know, um, the Georgia runoff is important. Uh, I thought Trump's rally hit a lot of good points in Georgia. Dalton, Georgia uh, is where he was on Monday night. And uh, now we have... um, the Georgia runoff, and you wonder if it's uh, going to go to the same well or, you know, the same type of shenanigans. Uh, we're finding out that um, Stacey Abrams was f- heavily financed by um, Soros and uh, Soros, uh, and says, uh, uh, Paul Sperry writes this, developing, while the mastermind behind Biden's and the DNC's multi-state mass mail-in voting scam is Stacey Abrams. Records show the financial catalyst behind her well-funded operation is left-wing globalist George Soros and his son, Alexander, who have donated millions to her cause. These people should be investigated, and they should have been locked up decades ago. They've been a uh, stain on the world stage. And in fact, this other person put out a meme that I retweeted. And it said, everything awful going on in this world can usually be traced back to these two uh, people. People. (laughs) There's another word for it. There's another Um, word that's been used to describe a male member. It begins with a P. Yeah, yeah. But not the uh, clinical term, another one. Yeah. And... um, it rhymes with sick, right? Um, in any case, Rothschild and Soros. So Rothschild and the Soros family are evil. You know, like Soros and his hedge fund manager was uh, investing in voting machines a long time ago. And we were, we were analyzing this a long time ago. This is not new news. For citizen journalists and for people that do what we do, not, not the mainstream media, 
on the mainstream media. Uh, last I remember, um, who was it? Melissa Francis. Yeah. Uh, Poo pooed Newt Gingrich back about a few months ago on Fox News. Yeah, you don't hear saying much from we Melissa Francis these days. We don't days. have to bring Soros into this. Remember that? Yeah. Remember when Melissa Francis was on? Um, what was her name? Uh, Harris. She was, she was uh, with Harris Faulkner. She Harris was, Faulkner, yeah. She was on uh, that show that's on at noon. Uh, ha- outnumbered. Outnumbered, Harris yeah. Faulkner's right. show. And, uh, and so um, what happened was uh, Newt Gingrich was in Italy uh, because his wife is the ambassador or something the, like that. She's the ambassador yeah. for, to the Vatican. Okay, to the Vatican. And so they were there. And he brings up Soros and Melissa Francis says, we don't have to bring Soros into it. And then Maria Harf, uh, who is also one of the pundits on Harris Faulkner, said, um, yeah, I think you're right. We don't need to bring Soros into this. And Harris Faulkner was speechless. And Harris Faulkner loves the president. Melissa Francis, I don't know what the hell she was talking about, but I got to tell you, she's not been the same since. I think she almost got canned for that because people hated what she did centering the name Soros on a network. But it goes to show you that Fox News was, I think, in bed with Soros, just like Paul Ryan is on the board of Fox News. And it's the reason why I've completely turned my back on Fox News. I uh, I find them to be a disgusting news organization of betrayal. I, I can understand where your adversaries are. You know, the beautiful thing about America first, America first is everybody should be first. You know, and that's what you would expect and that's what you would want. If you talk to a guy and his family, he's going to put his family before he's going to put your yeah. family. And you know what? If he did it any other way, if he put my family before his family, I'd think, oh, he must be wanting yeah. to sleep with my wife. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or something. There's something weird going on here. Yeah. You know, there's like something underhanded here, right? So you definitely want to have um, uh, that, that expectation, that expectation of normalcy. No, it's normal to want to be first. It's normal. That's where, you know, the whole thing about everyone gets a trophy is kind of screwed up, if you ask me. It's not right. So... No, I want my opponent to to win that gold trophy, you know, that gold, the blue ribbon or whatever it is, right? The trophy, the medal. And so America First is a great way for if everybody embraced America First. But it gets into this Rothschild, Soros, multinational globalism, slave labor markets, access for thee and not for, you know, for you. For me, not R- for rules thee. Rules for thee, but not for me. And, and so, you know, it's like, oh, well, the big corporations get the access to the slave labor markets, but the mom and pop shop on Main Street, no wonder they can't compete with pricing because they don't have economy of scale and they don't have access to slave labor markets. And, the man, you know, and the manufacturing jobs go over to these slave labor market countries. And we're countries. seeing this a lot during COVID. We're seeing what you would call COVID cronyism, where the bigger companies are getting all the, the great deals. Right. They're getting and, the, and they're they getting have, all the and they're getting all the restricted. Well, they're getting all the loopholes and the restrictions yeah, because of the profit that they've gained over the years or they, tax they've incentives, etc. They've gained leverage over their political puppets and. China is the main benefactor of everything that we have seen. And, you know, one of the things 
So that's interesting. Okay, so there's a George Soros connection, and this is a developing story. Because Stacey Abrams is not smart. What, what? Who is smart? George Soros is actually pretty smart, and he's pretty evil. And his son, I'm sure, is very smart, and they're very powerful, and they have powerful connections. And George Soros has been overthrowing governments. That's what he does. What yeah. do you do, sir? Uh, I'm a, a government. I throw overthrow governments is what I do. Um, he did it in Ukraine with the International Renaissance Fund. The guy knows the Achilles heel of government infrastructure. And his coup de grace, his dream, his life dream, has been to convert, uh, transform America. And it was Obama that he leached onto first. It was Obama. Obama was the catalyst to this whole dream. It wasn't the Martin Luther King, I have a dream, that we would judge somebody on their character and not on the color of their skin, but the content of their character. Mm-hmm. Well, no. Speaking of Martin Luther King, though, and there's yes. another Harris, not Harris Faulkner, but Kamala, Kamala Harris. Harris, who somehow came up with some <laughs> type of memory of be of being uh, in a in carriage, Birmingham. Birmingham, when she was a little girl. And she said in an interview, my mother tells the story about how I she attended in a stroller uh, the the first civil rights march uh, and she fell out of the stroller getting separated from her family my mother tells the story about how I'm fussing so so Harris told this to Ashley C. Ford for Elle magazine and she's like baby what do you want what do you need and I just looked at her and I said freedom uh. <laughs> how cute you think that really happened no, do you think she really? Do you think she really was at that march? Do you think she really said freedom? Word for word, Martin Luther King said those words. Yeah. It, but her, you know, Biden, her boss, right? Yeah. The boss man was the biggest plagiarizer on the planet. The biggest liar and scumbag on the planet was Joe Biden. Yeah. And here he is thinking that he's going to be the next president of the United States. I still can't see it. Yeah, so, so what you're referring to is Martin Luther King referenced something a little girl said during his speech. Or whatever. Well, yeah. The, yeah, it was almost word for it word. It was almost so word was, for uh, word. Stolen. So she pretended to be, she almost pretended to be that anecdote. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, she, plagiarizing. And, uh, but in any case, it's just... She's not a very she's not a likable person. Again, I think that uh, the whole thing about Biden was he was insured, so they they selected Biden. They knew they were going to rig the election. They they selected Biden. They got Soros and and his son Alexander uh, from this new report that we're seeing, um, and and so this is this is what's happening. So this is where we are right now. We where we are is we have a uh, rigged runoff run by Stacey Abrams, financed by George Soros in Georgia. And, you know, maybe Lynn Wood was right about all, you know, don't be fooled twice. Well, we need to be very diligent and um, vigilant. And, you know, the thing is, is that Trump said in the rally last night, he said that you need to be... uh, vigilant. You need to keep your eyes open for any kind of uh, foul play. And uh, and he said it's easier for us to monitor one state rather than a whole bunch of states. Let's hope and and pray that uh, that we're going to have a fair election in Georgia. 
and that the the, the fair person wins. Uh, the, you know, if it's a fair election, there's no way that Georgia has flipped that far blue, yeah. right? There's just no way that, that you know, it's got to be fraud. And in fact, uh, we're looking at hundreds of thousands of votes that have gone up in smoke or have, you know, there's a really great ep- expose on NTD and on uh, Epic Times where they were talking about these trajectories in various counties in PA that add up to 470,000 votes and where they took a trajectory and line by line, minute by minute, they saw when votes went up and down. And they said a normal election, if you look at all the maps across the country where there wasn't voter fraud because fraud wasn't in play in, the, uh, in a lot of counties across America, there was only key places, key states where fraud was rampant. And that was Pennsylvania, Georgia, because of Stacey Abrams. Uh, and then they were also, I think, trying to do it in Texas and Florida, but they didn't pull it off. Yeah. Those governors actually were conservatives and, and did the right thing. But where there was a Democrat or a, a swine, like a spineless, uh, corrupt Republican, like Georgia with Kemp and the Secretary of State Raffensperger, who's who who is on video footage um, and national file put, uh, put this out where he's begging for chinese votes and he's got chinese people in his house and he's in bed with china but you know there was also the uh, thing where kemp met with some leaders in china at the embassy that was shut down in houston and there was some deals being made uh, with regard to georgia business cn and so um china invested heavily in georgia and kemp and rathlisberger were part of that big business opportunity in exchange for political favors and political financing to ensure their uh rigging of a system and they got these dominion machines and they won't allow for transparency and even today, even uh, now, with this runoff, the votes that have been coming in, they're not allowed to inspect a lot of this stuff. Or they're, they're able to inspect it, but from a distance where it doesn't mean anything. So, in other words, we have the same problem. Well, As in PA. For, it's been, and speaking of PA, just to, just to echo what you were just talking about with the uh, data integrity group, the work that they're doing, they say it's impossible in, in an additive process for votes to be deleted. That's the point, yes. Yeah, that it's impossible. Okay, so what that means is if you look at a chart minute by minute, the votes should never go down. If you keep eating, right? Say you're just eating, right? I'm going to eat another pretzel. I'm going to eat another cheesesteak sandwich. I'm going to eat and I'm going to eat. Your weight's never going to go down. It's always going to go up, 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 right? This is like votes, you know? If you put anything on a pile, that pile's never going to get smaller. It's you, only going to get bigger. You go to the grocery store, you put more things in your cart. Your bill is never going to get smaller. We could do a thousand scenarios like this. Right? <laughs> so, so, so the point is, the, you, you the, keep adding the, votes. It's never going to go there's down. There's no such thing on election night as, you know, having fewer votes. And this happened multiple times. It's not just like a one-off, like where somebody made a mistake, mistake like a credit card transaction reversal. Right. It's not like that. Yeah. No, this happened too often. Yeah. And so, what they were asking for was. Let's just take a look and see what this error was about. 
you claimed that there was an error like multiple times in multiple counties and in a footprint or a fingerprint or you know in a very similar fashion to where it happened like in Lucerne County or in Chester County or in Allegheny County and all these different counties in Pennsylvania you had these huge drops and we're talking like 67,000 drop after directly after election night where Trump campaigned Trump Trump campaigned in Moon Township and Erie and all around Allegheny County and he was getting numbers that he wasn't supposed to get Mm-hmm. And he campaigned in Lucerne, and he campaigned in Chester. He can everywhere he campaigned, he did well. And uh, in Bucks County, Lucerne is up around there. And they cut the uh, they cut it uh, right after election night. They dropped his votes, and then when he started surging in the um, early ballots that were coming in, the legitimate ones, not the ones that came in after the fact, but the ones that were coming in. And then he started to just have this normal incremental. So they cut him out 470,000, but they won't let them look at him. So here's where we are today. And why I talk about all this and why I think it's important is there's a new wrinkle. And this new wrinkle, because I've been talking about the idea that, you know, it's the state legislatures. I've been drilling this home, pounding it into the pavement, just pounding it. That it's not about what Pence can do with the Pence card. It's not about what Pence can do with the objections. Pence welcomes the objections on January 6th. He welcomes the objections. But the objections are never going to get enough votes. They're not going to get 218 in the House. And, with a capital and, A-N-D, and, you need both. And 51 count in the Senate. Because Mitch McConnell, like I said yesterday, sold out to China. His wife's uh, family's company, the one that her father started, James, foremost group, depends on shipping lanes going into China. China could shut that down in two seconds and put their whole entire business out of business and ruin her family. So, you know, they got them leveraged. Just like they have NBC, NBA, they got everybody leveraged. Everybody in the media and uh, that's pushing and advocating for social justice. Do you think Chinese people care about black Americans? But no, they finance Black Lives Matter because Black Lives Matter is a Marxist communist group. And they hate America. They want to burn flags. You know, so it's no different than it's just a and, and people like George Soros and people like the leaders in China. They look at these groups as slaves. They look at Black Lives Matter rioters as pawns on a playing field. And they use them as slaves and whipping boys. And these people get paid little bits of money, little bits of money, to wreak havoc on our entire society. And the people, the puppeteers pulling the strings to their black puppets in Black Lives Matter is is worse than anything we've ever seen in our country's history with regard to race. It's terrible. And the slave labor market's the same thing. But Jenna Ellis said this. Jenna Ellis said that Pence has another opportunity, another way to go. And what 
may be the Pence card is something that we've been talking about, but we didn't talk about it with this fashion. We didn't talk about it in this fashion. And this is why I think it's kind of important to mention. What Pence can do on January 6th is Pence can take the open the envelopes and he counts. And as I said, he's a bean counter. And he counts the beans and he goes one, two, three. And he gets those cards and he, uh, the envelopes, he opens them up and he puts them in each column. And, you know, in, in the red states, Trump gets the electors. In the blue states, Biden got the electors. And in the competing states, all seven states, New Mexico, Nevada, Arizona, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Georgia. That's seven. In those seven states, what Pence can do, according to Jenna Ellis, where she was on Just in the News, on, uh, I think it was Newsmax, last night, said that Pence can take those dueling electors and rather than make a decision and give credence to the governor and the secretary of state who certified, because the conservative part of the legislation also certified their electors, he can, he can, with his discretion, take those electors and send them to the state legislature for a vote to be settled by the state legislature, which is exactly what I've been wanting to do for a long time. And then you have a, you have a three out of seven chance if three states, not, not New Mexico and Nevada so much because Nevada is six electorates, New Mexico is only five, um, but if you get Arizona and two other uh, and two of the uh, four, so if you were to get Arizona and then you were to get just two of the other four, Georgia, Wisconsin, Michigan, or Pennsylvania, and I think he, I think that the arguments to be made for Pennsylvania and the fraud that we've seen there. So keep in mind every objection. Here's what's going to happen. Every objection is going to get two hours. So this is going to go into the seventh, number one. Mm-hmm. So that's number one. That this is not going to be resolved on the sixth. And so with every objection, there's going to be the objection. And then there's going to be a uh, debate in each chamber. Um, and at that point, Pence can decide to send, you know, hear the arguments. And there might be enough arguments to sway every Republican into voting and maybe some Democrats. Who knows? But for the most part, I doubt that any Democrat's going to uh, do anything that's going to help a, de- a Republican. And see, that's what's unfortunate. Yeah. We have a lot of Republicans that help Democrats. Like Toomey. Yeah. You know, it used to be someone like Corker and Flake, and mm-hmm. now it's Mitt Romney. We have so many Flakeoids, so many rhinos that actually, you know, do get in bed with the Democrats, but there's not one Democrat, not one Democrat that ever gives a, a token, that ever gives a symbol, that ever gives an ounce of morsel to the Republican Party. And that's where Trump has basically said all his time in office. You know, do it, Mitch. Do it. Go nuclear. Do it. Because if the Democrats got the opportunity, they would screw you. They would do it. They would go nuclear in a second, right? 
in every one of those battles. And we get to hear, and I get so sick and tired of hearing these Republicans saying, well, it creates a sad and bad, poor precedent. precedent." And I'm like, precedent? Precedent my butt. You know what's going to happen? You know, if you don't do the right thing and get Donald Trump elected, and if you don't do, you know, you're going to lose those two Georgia seats because they're going to know that you're going to fold over like a cheap suit. Right. And they're going to walk all over you with their fraud. And those seats, this, the, these races are extremely close. They're extremely close. They're only close. They're not close for any any other reason, but the polls are rigged. The media is lying to you. And the fraud and the fix are in, in Georgia. There's no way that a guy that cherishes uh, Castro, like Warnock, mm-hmm. and runs over his wife's foot and is the biggest fraud loser Yeah, he did on the some planet. camp where there was a lot of problems. Yeah, where he was mean and vicious to people. The guy's got a black heart. And, and uh, Ossoff is, you know, another character. Right, a privileged uh, silver spoon type of deal, where he has a lot of money. He's and where all the money's coming in from California and New York and celebrities. You know, Georgia's not built that way. Georgia is a red state. It just happens to be run by a very, very socialist, Marxist, Black Lives Matter supporting Stacey Abrams. You know, it's one of these things where, you know, you, you have the wrong kind of leadership. Do you think Stacey Abrams has any knowledge of American history and knows what, what we're all about as a country? Do you think she cares about the farmers in Iowa or anything else? No. All she cares about is social justice and dividing America and redistributing wealth and, you know, implementing socialism and communism. And so long as she's in power. So long as she's in power. It works well when you're in power, I guess. But that's not that's from people that don't think of others. They don't they're not thinking of their fellow man. They're not thinking of other people. And so the the point is is that we need to fix this. And so any Republican that's worried about precedent mm-hmm. well forget you could throw precedent out the window because if they were to get these two seats in Georgia and they were to get the presidency and President Trump said this on Monday night. He said this related to uh, the Georgia rally. He said, he said that. He said, it's not going to matter. They're going to pack the Senate with three states, D.C. Um, and two other, uh, Somalia and uh, Puerto Rico, right? Um, so not Somalia, but um, Samoan, Grand Samoan. Yeah. Grand Samoan and... Um, and Puerto Rico and D.C., that would add six senators that were from very liberal places to where you would never... It would be Maisie Hirono on steroids. And you would add six amazing Maisie Hironos to the Senate, okay? What, what would that do to the Senate? Not only would that make it almost impossible to overturn, but you would also then have a packed court. So that anything you wanted to do in terms of the electoral college and anything else, and that's what that's that's what the Democrats would be doing too. They would be going after the Achilles heel because they would know, okay, well, we we got six new senators, but still, if we really go ruckus, if we really go Marxist on America, we could lose the Senate. 
you know, still, that's not enough. That's not enough buffer zone, right? Uh, so we got to be careful. So what we'll do is we'll change the Electoral College with the new Senate that we have. We'll go nuclear, make it a simple majority, and we will go ahead and, uh, and change the Electoral College. And if it was taken up to the Supreme Court, well, we'll stack the court, too. We'll make it a 25-man court, and we'll change the court for forever. We'll make it a 13-man court. We'll make it a 15-man court. They can make it anything they want. I've heard a number 25. I've heard a number 13. I've heard a number 15. I think 15 was the most reasonable. and I mean, not most reasonable, most likely. Mm-hmm. So 15, that means that right now it's a 6-3 court if you count Roberts as a conservative, <laughs> a compromised Roberts, a Roberts that Lynn Wood suggests was in bed with you know Jeffrey Epstein and uh, is compromised and has been compromised ever since before Obamacare, that vote. Now, I don't know. You know, Lynn Wood also tells people not to vote, and so I, I have some concerns about Lynn Wood. Yes. But, you know, I'm just reporting what he says, and, you know, if he means what he says, then some things are going to come out, and let's hope for the best. But, you know, Patrick Byrne came out with those videos. But, you know, if we come and go past the 6th, um, what good was the video? What good was the rhetoric about Meadows having an affair or Pence being a traitor and, uh, you know, and all the rest, you know, and that uh, and Justice Roberts was a, uh, a Jeffrey Epstein on the Jeffrey Epstein flight logs. What, what's the point of all of that if, if, if we never see it come to fruition? You know, what's the point of the Kraken if we never see these things come to fruition? And one needs to ask themselves then, are we being duped? You know, is it is it is this a staged match? I had a conversation with somebody yesterday. Is this a WWE event? Or are we trying to take back our country? Are these people like Ali Alexander, who uh you know is the black guy that looks like Sammy Davis Jr.? <laughs> you know. He's uh he's sort of like in bed with Alex Jones and that whole crew and he acts like he's an enemy of Millie uh, Weaver and all these people but it turns out he's actually good friends with them and he's on stage with these people sharing the stage and and at some point you know all he's doing is begging for money you know the crack and wood thing generated hundreds of thousands of dollars to a fund me page um, the shadow net Shadowgate thing got two hundred thousand bucks from the people that love them the most, and they just turned around and bought mink coats or something, right? Or yeah. something. I don't know what they bought, but it was personal gain, personal wealth. And one of the characters that was in there would have set up the GoFundMe, but they had already done GoFundMe fraud from another case in North Dakota or somewhere. And so the idea was that they had this guy named from Rebel Media, Ezra Levant. Uh, do the justice on that and set up the GoFundMe. But are we going to be run? Is our party going to be run by a bunch of characters from the Jerry Springer show? Or are we going to actually speak about the issues and talk about the strategies that are going to actually create a win? Because pounding drums doesn't get it done. But what can get it done is something that Jenna, Jenna Ellis said. And that is that there are solutions for Pence. So 
Pence, you know, welcomes the objections, but the objections aren't going to get the votes given the landscape of the politicians that we have elected in our Congress, the 117th Congress. You'll be lucky if you'll you'll be, well, I mean, so when they talk about a hundreds, if not 140 mm-hmm. uh, different people that are going to object, that's great. So you're guaranteed to get your objections. You're guaranteed to get your two hours of hearings. But you're not guaranteed to get 51 senators and 218 uh, representatives to to agree to the objection. And so then, therefore, if you come up one vote short in either chamber, uh, then you lose that objection. And then Pence has to take whatever the state's will is, and he has to take it and give it to Biden. And that's game over for us, right? Now, like I say, what Janet Ellis and I was saying to this all along, that the state legislatures needed to convene on Monday or Tuesday and before the sixth, the the Wednesday the 6th. And we're only just one day away from that now. and, And they're not doing it. And I think that the pressure needs to be applied to the state legislatures and, and and I also think that what happens today with this election could have some impact on the decisions that are made with respect to the level of disparity or level of not disparity, desperation, the level of desperation, the level of desperation, because if for some reason it looks like Warnock and Ulsoff are going to win, right? Now you know that you're going to lose your country. If Biden gets into office and they take the Senate, and the House is controlled by Nancy Pelosi, and Chuck Schumer is controlling the Senate, you're going to have, and they've already said, once we take Georgia, we're going to take uh, change America. That's what Schumer said. you got to take him at his word, which means they're going to pack the Senate, pack the court, change the uh, Electoral College uh, to a popular vote, and it will be a one-party system for forever. And it will be run by people like Maisie Hirono and Nancy Pelosi and uh, Stacey Abrams and people that hate you. If you're a patriot, if you supported Trump, you might be thrown in jail. Your children will grow up in a communist state. You got to think about this. And so these politicians, these Republicans that talk about parliamentary procedure and precedent, I just want to take them and just stick their head in the sand just like what are they thinking you know what would the democrats do they would pull out all the stops and frankly they did in 2020 in january with the impeachment hoax they did they did the most unthinkable things they're talking about impeachment again because of the phone call that president trump had with raffensperger yep they're talking about another impeachment these people are completely evil so you know what you do in the you get evil yourself. You don't lower your standards, but you actually beat the crap out of them. Is what you need to do. Sometimes that's what has to happen. Sometimes what has to happen is you have to stand up and fight. You can't just roll over like a mat and be walked all over your whole life. 
And the Republicans have been doing this for way too long. And frankly, how we've gotten a John McCain and a Jeff Flake and a Bob Corker and a Paul Ryan and a, you know, whoever else. Speaker Boehner. All these backroom deals and people that play along to get along and that everybody will have their day of sun, sun, sunshine and kickbacks and gravy trains. That's the way Washington was run for too long. I just read a report. It talks about the um, former defense secretary, William Cohen. What a loser this guy is. You know, a bunch of these military people that act like they're so important and so big time. He's on CNN. He says, all of us, all of us, all of us, part of the fraternity of Pentagon secretaries of state, or secretary of defense, all of us defense secretaries, all 10 living defense secretaries, came to the same conclusion that we are in danger, that we have a commander-in-chief who is not above trying to use the military in order to achieve a political objective. Woo! That's, that's William Cohen. And I love the response to this. It was by Rich, Rick Grinnell. Rick, yeah. Richard Grinnell. Our great ambassador to Germany and our great acting DN, uh, former acting DNI and someone we've had on the show. Yes. And happens to be, um, you know, one of the first openly gay uh, cabinet members. And it was a Trump appointment, you know. So talk about an open mind. But, you know, Rick Grinnell's beyond that. Really, really strong leader, good guy, smart as a whip. And he said this. He said, the political objective of bringing our troops home and not starting any new wars was made clear to the American people in 2016. The D.C. crowd and Pentagon elites want more wars. Trump is in their way. And that's what he said. And I think that's so true. I mean, I, I can't say that with enough uh, gumption. Uh, you know, it just I want to double down on it. And, of course, Carl Bernstein says that uh, the call he made with Raffensperger is worse than Watergate. <laughs> And of course it is, right? Everything's worse than Watergate, right? According to Carl Bernstein. What an idiot. And you know what? It forever destroyed my perception of what that... It used to be that one of my favorite films of all time was All the President's Men. I still like the film a lot, but I now look at the real live people, the ones who are still alive, and and by that I mean Woodward and Bernstein, with new eyes. I don't see them yeah. as the altruistic reporters out to well, get the truth that well, they were no. perce- presented as in the movie. And, and and I compare it, you know, I've been comparing it to the Russian hoax. And so, you know, I've been saying for a long time, uh, and by the way, if you guys want to call, if anybody wants to call in, it's uh, 215-TOP-TALK, 215-867-8255, if you'd like to call in and be heard, 215-867-8255. But I've been saying this scenario that nobody nobody really says, but they're not drawing a linear connection between Watergate and the Russian hoax, but it, it involved the same list of characters. And Hillary Clinton was in both cases. Right. Hillary Clinton was on the Watergate Commission, and then she financed the Crossfire Hurricane. Same, same MO. Same right. playbook. You know, it was basically a hoax. You know, Watergate was uh, paid burglars. There were communists, former CIA, and socialists, and some were from Cuba. They were paid off 
to break into a Watergate hotel. And back then in 1971, um, they didn't have surveillance too much. You know, they didn't have video cameras everywhere. They didn't have a lot of electronics. It was old school policing. And somehow somebody got a tip that somebody was burglarizing the headquarters. And they found them in a big, huge building. They managed to find... And in the movie, they show like a security um, person found a lock that was ajar. I seriously think that in reality, in real life, that would have not been that big of a concern, cause for that kind of concern. So I think that they were supposed to get caught and they were set up. Just like in Thomas Crown Affair, you know, when they robbed the art museum, uh, the fix was in. The people that were doing the burglary were set up to get caught, right? Now, they, they may not have been in on the plot, but they were definitely uh, called in and the police came and got them because somebody told them exactly where they were. So I think that this was a DNC paid for scam where they broke into their own headquarters, busted the characters. And, uh, you know, and that's where the cover up is worse than the crime. And Trump has basically said that he was pre- basically acknowledging this was a trap that he was not going to get involved, and he didn't. Sessions recused himself, Trump didn't get involved, and yet the same person that was involved with both plays, being Hillary Clinton, thought that she was so clever. But they, you know, they went after Trump on that, they went after Trump on the impeachment call, you know, the Ukrainian call, the impeachment hoax. The mainstream media was against them. China financed all this. Soros financed the election machines. Soros and his hedge fund manager have been involved with election machines for decades, overthrowing governments with these machines. And my only question is, how in the world did President Trump allow this to get to where it is? And my answer to that, <clears throat> that's my question, my answer the one I think is the correct answer, but yeah, I could be wrong, is that that you, you have to commit, you can't, the, the beauty of that crime, of election fraud, is the election has to happen before the fraud is actually committed. Right. And then the window of opportunity to actually litigate um, is such that the courts will say, well, the crime hasn't committed, been committed yet. You're going to have to wait until all the votes are counted. Well, and then the Democrats slow count. There's slow counts in every county, yeah. right? Oh, so we don't know if there's fraud because all the votes haven't been counted. How so, long do you think this is going to take today with the Georgia so, election? Can you, would you yeah, think it'll be finished by the I end of know. the day? With I don't all know. The- but, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, so then they take long enough. And then finally, your window of opportunity is three days. Right. And then by the time you actually get to court, the judge says, well, there's no remedy yeah, because things are going to get certified. There's not enough time to litigate fraud. Okay, well, it's not fraud. It's, it's, it's constitution uh, because they're looking for a fast track to the Supreme Court. And so they would say, well, it's not fraud. It's, it's, it's a constitutional issue where the state legislatures were disenfranchised by the Secretary of State and the, and the governors, and they were um, going rogue, changing the rules midstream during the middle of a game. That's not constitutional. That's a violation of, what, the 12th, 12th Amendment or something like mm-hmm. that. So let's, let's, they say, well, no, that's not enough. 
and then uh, they appeal. And then we have a Supreme Court that doesn't want to get involved. And so that's where trouble comes into paradise for the Democrats because the Supreme Court basically said this isn't our jurisdiction. We don't play here. We don't overturn the results of an election. That's not what we do here. Because we would do it if there was no remedy. Yeah. But there's a remedy. And the remedy belongs, meaning the solution, the solution, the keys to the solution belong in the state legislature house. So that's where these belong. So the state legislature then has to have the kahunas, the courage, to step up and take it to a vote. And there are enough Republicans that are rhinos in each one of these state legislatures to where the Republicans aren't going to get enough votes to uh, decertify what the governor and the secretary of state did on on their own. And uh, that's where this has to change. And that's why I think that the pressure that's being applied to the U.S. congressmen and senators is misappropriated. That's that's not a good sort use for our energy. I think our energy needs to be applied in the state house. And in fact, Paul Preston has um, a really big case today. And I might even be doing something on his show if he needs some help. But Paul Preston has a, an important legal battle going on in his neck of the woods in California. And I spoke to Paul yesterday about this, and he said it's possible that if he were to prevail because of all the fraud that was in California that they have proven, um, they could toss out the 55 electors in California. Wow. Yeah, now that would be just by itself a game changer because, again, 55 is greater than the 36, 37 that you would need to deduct from Biden to, you know. So if they were to toss those out, but they just don't have the... um, Legislature and again, the legislature would more than likely be the one in control of decertifying. So, uh, the courts though could uh, rule for fraud, and that's the other thing. Okay, so we get to the sixth, and Pence has a couple of things. He hears the objections. He sends people to their chambers. They vote. There's not enough votes. He could say before it even gets to this point, and this is where Ivan Raiklin who was on our show, said it might not even get to Pence. Pence might not even get to the point where there's an objection on these these, um, dueling electors. He might just decide on his own that we are going to defer these electors until we can get one set of electors to count Mm -hmm. and debate. We don't know which ones to choose to debate, Right. So what we're going to do is send this back to the state legislature and we're going to request that they resolve the dispute and they're going to vote on which electors get sent up. And again, three out of seven is what you need. And and more than likely, it's more like three out of five uh, because Nevada and, and, uh, and New Mexico aren't real factors. They're so small. Yeah. New Mexico is five and Nevada is six. So you need 11 or more. And that's Arizona or in, in two other states. So you need, you need basically three out of the five legislatures. Now, you could conceivably 
Um, or, or if you count Nevada and New Mexico, then you got four. You, you would get those two states. But if you were to get those states to declare that there was voter fraud, um, then, then uh, they would send up the conservative ones, and then you would see objections from the left. You'd go into chambers. And again, you still wouldn't get the votes to overturn the will of the state. And so therefore, Trump uh, Pence counts them for Trump. Trump wins. So that's the one path to victory. Say that doesn't go the way we want. Say it goes a different way. That, then there's another opportunity, and that opportunity belongs to the Supreme Court, where the Supreme Court can look at the constitutionality of certain cases. And that's why President Trump in his rally said, "Over you watch over the next couple of weeks. He's looking at this from a January 20th perspective. When he said that, that's what clued me in. Mm -hmm. January 20th perspective, where you're looking at it from... You know, not the not the timetable of January sixth, although January sixth could be very exciting if Pence does what Jenna Ellis was suggesting, which is send them back to the states, send them back to the states for to 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 resolve their issue of having two dueling elector sets mm -hmm. and vote. Then the pressure gets put on the states. And at that point, it's an emergency session. How long does it take to make a vote? Two hours? You know, I mean, you send it back to the states. They put it on the floor for a vote. They jockey for position. Everybody's making deals. Next thing you know, you come up with a conclusion. It's very possible that those states can say, we are either going to not send any certs, we can't certify, or we'll send we'll send uh, the Republicans. Because it's, these are Republican legislatures predominantly and uh, I'm going to go ahead and take a caller caller you're on the air we have two callers calling in so caller you're on the air uh, is that me yes good morning Scott in the north good morning um, I just have a, a I just have a question that it, it doesn't seem logical here that a lame duck vice president still retains the power to void the uh, his own election uh, is that real what do you mean? Well, I mean, by all intents and purposes, they were voted out. I mean, they they were they were not reelected for another term. So you're telling me that now they're a lame duck, okay? They're going, they're heading out. So a lame duck vice president still has the power to uh, what, void his own election? No, no, that's not. They, just look at what Biden did and just look at what, uh, no, it wasn't Biden. It was just, just look at what uh, Gore did. Gore had to do it. Gore was vice president and had to vote himself out. He did it. Right? Well, yeah, but he was, uh, but he was uh, a candidate. That, that's different. So I don't understand your question. Well, because they're, they went to, went, Gore went to court. Gore and Bush went to court. Yeah, he was a little you're litigant. talking about you're talking about in the Congress that the vice president who is for all intents and purposes right now a lame duck, you're saying that him by himself can actually virtually void the election? No, that's not at all what I said. I said that Jenna Ellis said that 
he could take the dueling electors and he could say, I can't make a decision on which electors to debate. I'm going to send this back to the state legislature where they have the constitutional right to actually overrule their own governor and secretary of state in their individual state and that they can actually decertify or change the electorates to the conservative electorates. More than likely, they should decertify. And once they decertify, basically then uh, Biden doesn't get to 270 because he lost those electors, you know, because uh, the state legislatures see a lot of fraud and they don't want fraud in their elections. It's pretty simple, but okay. we're running we're running out of time. Uh, well, all right, thanks. Okay, all right. <laughs> How do you like that, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we're all running out of time, so we're we're not going to be able to take any more calls. But I will tell you this: um, you know, it's sort of like it's pretty simple. I mean, I think I laid. You get this, right, Leonora? I, I get mean, it completely. I mean, I think I laid this out okay. Jen, Jen, Jen Ellis made, I think, a really great. I didn't see that angle. That was one that I thought was really important to talk about today, which was that Pence can send the uh, debate, the disputed dueling electors, back to the states for further review. And, and I kind of I think that's great. You know, I, I like that plan. The I best. like that plan, too. Yeah, that's my favorite plan. Um, you know, the other one is, and, and, and my, well, actually, that's my second favorite plan. My favorite plan is I wish that the state legislatures would do this on their own. But then again, you know, I think that there's some brilliance and wisdom to the Jenna Ellis plan, and that is this, that if the state uh, legislatures got involved on their own, then it would make it look political. Right. But if they're told by Pence to do it, right, right. And, and then now they're coerced. Right. They're only doing it because they have to do it. Right. And then they're only ruling because they do see fraud. And so if they decertify, then Pence doesn't have those to count. And it, you would only need, I think that that's the easiest, is to send an empty envelope, not to make a decision one way or the other for the state. And that's how they could do it. They could say, I don't see how we get to certify when we see clear and apparent fraud. And that's what was so brilliant about Rudy Giuliani and Jenna Ellis going to Arizona, Pennsylvania, Georgia, and Michigan, and, and, and Wisconsin, and really selling their grievances about fraud to those state legislatures. They already yeah. have the, you know, the necessity. You can't say that they, they weren't read in. Right. Do you understand what I mean? No, of course you can't. They were read in. And that's the brilliance. I think that there was a lot of brilliance to what Giuliani and Jenna Ellis were doing in Arizona. And that was not a waste of time, is what I'm saying. Because if Pence does this, and it goes to the state legislature, the state legislatures get to save face. Anyway, we're at the end of our show. Uh, my name is Scott Adams. My name is Leonor Corvetta. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. A little deeper, just to bury my kids right up to there.